Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. I said, give me the hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoza. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Ro Moran, and Ronwong ASH on the live stream for this week. About Rowan, parang wala kang school ngayon, ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I had my last face-to-face classes yesterday. For today, online lang kami. I think we're gonna have, like, yung merong ibang mag, uh, ano, board exam. So, ikla-close muna nila for us. So, puro online lang kami. Nice. Alright, good to have you back on the live streams. No Chino for this week because uh, he's got some family stuff going on no, right sick. now. He's sick. Chino is sick. Ah, he, right, he is sick. Sorry, forgot. Uh, yeah, but non-COVID-related illness if you check yung injury report ng Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So uh, it's going to be us three for tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to be breaking down AEW Full Gear. We're also going to be giving you our predictions for Survivor Series. War Games! So pumped for that. Of course, it's happening on Sunday, Manila time, 9 a.m. Because it's the daylight savings time. And we'll tell you about how you can catch Survivor Series War Games in a bit. But first, uh, we got to start off with some somber news. Another celebrity that we generally love. Another celebrity who's part of the wrestling fandom passed away earlier this week. And that's the late Jason David Frank, who played the Green Ranger or Tommy Oliver in the Power Rangers franchise. And what a huge loss to the community. Another high-profile celebrity who loves the business was taken from us way too early. Yeah. Well, you know, if if you read about it, the news is pretty sad. It's another guy who lost his demons, so you never like hearing about that. So it's what I keep saying when these things happen. It's just more of I'm happy that he is at peace now because, you know, it's a lot worse living in the real world. Not that I condone what he did. It's just that I'm just happy he found peace. So I'm not the biggest Power Ranger fan. Like, Shepard, I watched it as a kid. It's ABS, CBN, right? Yeah. Uh, the Green Ranger was a big deal because he was like the anti-hero of the OT5 then he became the White Ranger and then become the OT6. And then uh, he was a big D. Uh, I was a Blue Ranger guy. But anyway, a uh, big part of our childhoods and for some of you, a big part of your fandoms. So nakikirame ako sa inyo who absolutely love JDF on and off screen. 
Yeah, really sad news to you know start things off. So we wanted to get that out of the way and express our condolences and our thoughts and sending good vibes to everybody who really is feeling this huge, huge loss. All right, as always, we got some housekeeping to do. So let's tell you about how you can be part of our growing Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron community because it is Thanksgiving if you celebrate that holiday. And tomorrow, it will be Black Friday. So right now is actually the best time to be a Wrestling Wrestling Podcast patron. Yeah, now is a great time to subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet because tomorrow is Black Friday. So we will be preparing to check out at the cart from WWE Shop Shop AW, maybe Pro Wrestling Tees, maybe Suplex. If you want merch from, like, you know, merch like this and merch like stands, I don't know if Rowan's wearing merch. Maybe we'll get Rowan's first piece of wrestling merch in the process. You'll never know. But you can also be a part of that by subscribing to our Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Patreon. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. It's ticker for only $5. Uh, that's around or closer to 300 pesos at this time. You get access to our Discord community where we will also be having a live watch party of Survivor Series War Games. Stan, what's the update on Survivor Series War Games in the Philippines? Uh, great question. So, hindi pa minasabihan if Disney Plus is already <laughs> equipped to live stream Survivor Series War Games on Sunday. So, for now, I just checked. Accessible pa naman yung WWE Network dito. So, the safest bet is to actually hit up the WWE Network while we still are able to access that. Especially if you want to catch Tagalog commentary with me and Carlo Pamintu on calling the show. Yon. So uh, if you haven't subscribed yet to our Patreon, now's a good time, Kite, at least for this month long while Disney Plus figures out the PLE sit- the situation. And then you can also read exclusive review content of TV shows and local events, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, pay-per-views. We just had a full gear earlier. Also, live events here in the Philippines. Rowan will do a uh, review of this week's Action Novella TV, and we will publish his review of last week's episode as well. A bunch of that good stuff. And also mentioned yung pasabais, but also you get merch. We also give you a free WWP face mask and you know maybe other merch that we have in the docket, if you will. So again... Patreon.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast for as low as $5. And since we mentioned it's Thanksgiving, we just want to say thanks to everybody who's been following the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, whether it's this year or for all of the previous years. And that's why we're kicking off the holiday season with our very first giveaway of the season. So for the next few weeks until Christmas, we have giveaways here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So for starters, we've got a Drew McIntyre yeah, Funko yeah. Pop that's up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. Rose gonna go grab it. Um, while he's grabbing it, let me explain the mechanics of the promo. So all you have to do is to post a video on TikTok tagging us at Wrestling2XPod and tell us who your dream War Games team is and why. And the deadline for submission of entries is on Wednesday, November 30. And you can win yourself this sweet, sweet Drew McIntyre Funko Pop na dinonate sa atin ng isa sa ating mga padrino. So palakpakan naman natin yung ating he's here. anonymous padrino he's here. in he's the comments. No, no, he's in the comments. Let's say hey, no. Thank you to Derv who has sponsored this pristine and totally sealed Drew McIntyre Funko Pop. So if you are collecting... Definitely up for grabs. Sobrang dali lang ng kailangan yung gawin. 
Yes. So we're looking forward to your submissions. You have a little less than a week. We're going to be posting the mechanics once again on our Facebook and Twitter right after the live stream. All right. So good luck to everybody. And yeah, have fun with your entries. Let's start with our breakdown of AEW Full Gear. And we got to start with the villain, William Regal, rearing its ugly head once again. Apparently, he is a bad guy after all, and so is MJF. So he's now the AEW World Champion, and Mr. Friedman did not appear on Dynamite Kanina because, as William Regal said, he's on the set of a major motion picture, most likely Iron Claw. And hindi pa rin natin alam what the link is between William Regal and MJF other than an email that Regal had sent to MJF prior to the match at Full Gear. So, Ro, what do you make of this new turn and where does this leave the Blackpool Combat Club? Well, the Blackpool Combat Club is clearly disintegrating before our very eyes. I didn't like this turn. I didn't like... The more I process it, the more I don't like it. I like the MJF win, siempre. Uh, that one was pretty predictable and rightfully predictable and rightfully happened. But I, I really wish they pushed through with the face turn. Like, not because I am a naive wrestling fan who wanted to believe in the goodness of people, but more because like we have seen this dickish, total asshole MJF for so long. It's been years. This has been his gimmick the entire time. Right? So I wanted to change. I wanted to see if he was uh, versatile enough to pull off a babyface character. He was showing flashes of it and it looked really promising. I wanted to see if he can really do it and, you know, show us another side of him that could have worked. Because it, it really was working. The people really wanted to see it. People were, you know, salivating for a reason to cheer on MJF. And it doesn't mean that he had to be a goody two-shoes babyface. It's like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right? He could still do his thing while still be on the side of good, I thought. And they just doubled down on it. And it didn't help. Now, they did the exact same thing with Daniel Garcia just, what, a month ago. Right? So that was pretty fresh in my mind. And if maybe if they didn't do the Garcia thing, I would have been more okay with this because it would have been a lot more novel. But it's just, you know, it's just them being safe, MJF being safe, Tony Khan being safe with him. Um, and, you know, what does this make MJF now? Like, I think they're going to cheer for him still. And the idea was for Regal to help him be a heel, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, I would have much rather the entire Blackpool Combat Club turn heel than MJF turn double down on his being a heel. Yeah, if anything, the crowd is booing really William Regal more than MJF. Because they cheered when MJF won, and then at Dynamite uh, Kanina, they were yelling F.U. Regal. So, Ikaw, Rowan, do you hate this turn as much as Ro does? Actually, parang matagal ko na hinahanap yung ganitong side ni Regal. Now, I know na naging heel na siya noon. He's a great villain. I've been watching the 2007 to 2008 WWE. And that was the time na naging general manager siya. And then sobrang nakakainis din siya noon. I like that he's doing this heel run again. 
Because when he was in NXT, he's not doing this that much. Yeah, he was pretty much a good guy for the last decade because he was that grizzled vet who became an authority figure. Yeah, you miss the entire villain <laughs> thing, uh, villain run of Regal. So I don't blame you for that. But, you know, I'm not mad at the turn. I just wish that uh, Moxie did the turn because they were already booing him, right? So clearly, your audience wants to cheer MJF. And clearly, because it's MJF on the other side, they want to boo John Moxley at the very least. Yeah, let's talk about Brian Danielson, Force of Habit. You know, his inclusion into this storyline because he appeared on Dynamite Kanina and na between Mox and Regal. And he was telling Mox to calm down and telling Mox why Regal meant so much to him. And, you know, it was coming from the babyface side of his character, but I couldn't help but feel like Gina justify ni Brian lahat ng ginawa ni Regal just because of what Regal meant to him. And to sabi niya, you know, this guy's injured, he's got a bad neck and all that. So, medyo tama rin yung commentary when they said na, wait lang, so just because injured siya, just because may meaning siya sa buhay mo, edi okay lang, he can't be held accountable for his actions. What do you think about that, Ro? Emil is right. Uh, this is exactly what I said in our Discord, <laughs> earlier today while I was watching. Brian was gaslighting Mox there for a little bit. And although, yeah, it makes Brian three-dimensional and doesn't suddenly turn him against William Regal completely, you kind of find it absurd. But, you know, in the way that they want you to feel, so I don't mind this at all. I think he's playing the role they want him to play. So okay lang yun. That's why I said that the BCC is dis- disintegrating before our very eyes. So this is pretty much the end as we know it. Regal was the glue that held them all together. And now he is gluing someone else. So I think because Regal can't wrestle anymore. So it's going to rerun Mox versus Brian, which ended last year by them forming the BCC. No, not even last year. That was earlier this year. Oh, that was earlier this year. So many things happened. Yeah. Yeah, sobrang bilis lang. Ito, sabi ni RJ in the comments, baka nga kasabot pa ni Regal si Brian. What do you think, Rowan? Is that entirely possible to you? I mean, if that's the way how Brian reacted, baka nga kasabot siya. I'm just really sad about this. Sorry, finish your point. He's just Sorry, he's justifying kasi yung, yung action ni Regal, which is do- doing the dirty work and betraying Mox. I mean, if I was Mox, hindi rin matutuwa. Yeah, I'm just really sad about this because like, I haven't even seen any Blackpool Combat Club merch in the Philippines. Tapos bilang boom, wala na. They're done as a group. And it's kind of sad since AEW doesn't really have a whole lot of face groups. Puro heel factions lang, diba? So you take that one out of the equation and wala na. Sobrang imbalance talaga towards the heel side, yung mga factions nila. Yeah. I don't think it's Brian being an accomplice of Regal. I think that he's just being wildly in his feelings. You know, he was in his feelings when he was favoring Daniel Garcia over Wheeler Utah. So I think he's being in his feelings by favoring Regal over Mox. So he really does have a connection to William Regal. That that part is true. If you know your backstory, yeah. if you know your history, you don't even have to be a follower of mid-2000s indie wrestling to know that William Regal has such a huge influence on Brian's life and career. So that part at least made sense. Shemper, within the context of this entire story, you're going to find it absurd. But that's why, again, he, I said that he's playing the part that they wanted him to play. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to think that it was a good use of their real-life history as people and as wrestlers about between Brian and William Regal. Moving on to other big things that happened coming out of Full Gear, we've got a new 
AEW Women's World Champion. She is interim no more. So Jamie Hayter defeated Tony Storm. That's the big thing. And then on Dynamite this morning, it was announced that Jamie Hayter is now officially the champion because Thunder Rosa and AEW have agreed for Rosa to relinquish the championship. So what this also implied and what Excalibur clarified later on in commentary is that Tony Storm's reign is also acknowledged. So wala ni mga interim, interim, ek, ek. Everybody who's held that championship that Jamie Hayter is holding is officially a women's world champion. And we call this on the podcast, about Rowan. Everybody on the panel was predicting that Jamie Hayter would win. So do you think that the timing was right after all? What, are we talking about Rowan too? Yeah, 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 Rowan, Rowan. Oh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, well, ako, parang nasasagwan ako when you're a champion, you have the belt, tapos interim ka lang pala. So that doesn't really make you the real champion. So ako, I'm, I'm happy, but why did they have to wait until Tony Storm had to drop it? Kaya parang, I, the way I see it, parang unfair kay Tony Storm. Parang, we all knew her reign as interim siya. Pero ngayon, parang, we're rewriting history na Ano, naging official yung reign niya. Pero sa totoo lang, we should remove yung interim thing na yan. I think it should only be used in situations like, halimbawa, like, what happened to Jordan Devlin? Nastuck siya sa UK, and then he can't defend his Cruiserweight Championship. Maybe we can only use it for those situations. Well, you know, technically, it's the same thing. Like, uh, if, if we are to believe Thunder Rosa, then she really was injured and she really couldn't defend. But I do agree with you in saying that I don't like the interim business, especially if it's just an injury that you can easily strip the championship and, you know, have a tournament or whatever to crown a new champion. That's That, that part is right. I think this might mean that you know, we have seen the last of Thunder Rosa and AEW. I think there's just too much heat there for this partnership to go on. I think it's just better for all involved to just lay low, lay in the cut, and cut ties, and just rebuild. And this is part of the rebuilding process. Obviously, they're not going for a unification match with Rosa. So I think that's it. Can we clarify on this? Because I don't think we really discussed the Thunder Rosa AEW heat on the podcast. Right? The PR ni Thunder Rosa and at, to an extent ni Tony Khan was that she got injured sometime before All Out. So she couldn't defend the championship. She was going to lay low. And then that's why they created the Interim Women's Championship. And then some people cast doubt on that story. So Conan was saying that she wasn't consistent with her story of what body part was injured. So parang people were skeptical of what the injury actually was or if there was an injury to begin with in the first place. And then people in the locker room, or Britt Baker at least, just started talking shit. So most of the wrestling fandom also cast doubt on whether or not Rosa was injured. So there was just a lot of doubt surrounding that situation. And I think this clarifies a part of that by, I think, by Rosa conceding the championship and the fact that she probably will never get around to unifying the championships. I think she's validating some of those accusations. Yeah, it's really unfortunate how all this went down. Parang halos simultaneous pa nga with, uh, with Brawl Out happening uh, just a couple of months ago. So I hope that everybody involved can just put that in the rear view going forward. Speaking of going forward, people in the comments are pointing out that it looks like we're headed towards a Randy Orton Triple H circa 2004 type of storyline here uh, between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Rowan, napansin mo ba kanina na si Britt, she took the mic away from Jamie Hayter in that backstage promo. Actually, I didn't see that. 
I was probably busy getting food. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I'll, notice it. Let's um, get roast. Uh, I had to put it on the background, but I did already call the evolution turn, the thumbs up, thumbs down turn. Uh, it's it's pretty clear. They've been building up Jamie Hayter versus Britt Baker for the longest time, and they couldn't pull the trigger. And it turns out the trigger was waiting for them for uh, Hayter's win as a world champion. Yeah, so people in the comments are pretty excited to see where Britt versus Jamie uh, is going to take everybody on this ride, on this storyline. So maybe it could happen as soon as winter is coming. We don't know. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the highlights from Full Gear and we'll be doing our Survivor Series predictions. But first, a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Let's get to some shout outs over on Kumu. Say hey to Lance. Uh, he's also on Kumu and he's been sending us a bunch of stickers. Uh, halo, halo, Mansari, Diamond Shower. I don't think I want to know what Diamond Shower is. <laughs> Abby also is in the Kumu chat, sent us a Mansari as well. I think she will be sending us more than just stickers pretty soon. So I think you should stay tuned for that. Hello to everyone who is tuned in on Kumu right now. Please keep smashing those hearts. We are at 1,674 likes right now. And the more you smash the hearts, the more people will know that you like Wrestling Talk on Kumu. All right. Let's get back to AEW Full Gear where the Elite returned. And we didn't just get their return match against Death Triangle. We're getting an entire best of seven series for the AEW World Trios Championship. And Ro, you tweeted out as soon as it was announced that nobody asked for this. Yeah, nobody asked for it. But the guys over at the Masked Man show, they explained the reasoning for it pretty well. It is for us... As avid uh, wrestling fans and AEW viewers, we have seen enough of this. So it's really for the casuals. Like if you were to show a casual an AEW show, you would want to hook them with the nice, fast-paced, high-flying action of the Death Triangle versus the Elite. So basically, it's, it's Tony Khan milking these two teams and running them to the ground Tom Thibodeau style. But that doesn't mean we needed seven matches. Obviously, they're going to go to seven because what's the point of making it best of seven if they're not going to go all the way? Uh, it would be nice if it stopped at match four, but you know, even if the death triangle is at 2-0, I don't think they're going to sweep the series. 
Yeah, it would be kind of weird, especially in an industry like pro wrestling, right? where, you know, uh, you don't really need a Tim Donaghy to make sure that you make it to the end of your Best of 7 series. Ikaw, Rowan, are you excited for the idea of a Best of 7 series? Because we haven't really had one since Sheamus versus Cesaro in WWE. And then before that, over championships, it was Booker T versus Chris Benoit. On paper, parang maganda siya, pero parang nakakapagod siya if you're gonna really if you're really gonna watch it. Like Birumo, like you're gonna have to watch five more, diba, in the next few matches. Parang nakakapagod siya. I think it would only work kung one-on-one siya. Pero well, we can't do one-on-one. It's for the trio's title. I think we should not do this at all. Pero wala na. It's already booked. Yeah, it's already booked. And if you don't want to watch it, Rowan, you can just go get food again. Kind of like when Brit took Jamie's mic. Exactly. <laughs> right? People in the comments are loving Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas as the Elite's theme. And Rowan, inspired choice from the Elite? Yeah, apparently uh, the Young Bucks really wanted to come out to Wayward Son uh, since their backyard wrestling days. So this had nothing to do with anything recent. It's just a Tony Khan ponied up the money, the cash to license from Kansas. So good for them. It's a great song. Everyone loves it. So it works as a trio scene. They're only going to use it as a trio. Uh, yeah. Kenny and the Young Bucks separately will not use it as a theme. Kenny's already using Sirius or, you know, before, but I'm not sure if he's still using it now. Going back to the matches themselves, I actually don't mind because I... They still do a fair bit of storytelling in the matches, like the moral crises, which we'll talk about in a bit. It's not just, you know, flip flop and fly. It's not just spot fest for the sake of spot fest. It's there, yes. But they don't forget to make you feel something about the wrestlers in the ring. So I actually appreciate that. It's just that I don't think we need seven matches of it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of making people feel things, a lot of people were laughing their asses off when this moment happened during the match earlier. Clearly, the elite trolling a certain CM Punk. What do you think, Rowan? Hey guys, you know it's what's funny? This, sorry, it's not just this. It's not just this moment. It's also uh, Matt Jackson doing the botched hangman buckshot lariat that CM Punk did. It's also Kenny doing a GTS for two. So they trolled CM Punk a whole bunch of times in Chicago for the fuck CM Punk chant. In Chicago. Okay, so what I find weird about this is that parang kagabi, Kenny Omega said something like, let it go or like move on. Or at least that's what the headline said. Pero parang nagsalita siya na parang let's all leave it in the past about CM Punk. Pero the next night, we have this. So I find it weird, but it still gave us a good laugh. I mean, it's wrestling, right? Yeah. Why are we surprised that wrestlers are trolling other wrestlers whether or not they have legitimate heat with one another? Yeah. Some people have already taken to Twitter and uh, speculated that they're teasing a punk return. But I think they're just trolling because you know, they won this breakup, I think. And I think punk is also too jaded and burnt out as a human being to ever come back to this locker room who he thinks is wildly immature he may have a point but i don't think it's for him it's worth the trouble yeah and i mean it's not like this is the first time the elite has trolled anybody uh, right so uh again why why are we all surprised that this happened i mean let's ex- right. let's expect more bahamamia in the next bte kung magkakaroon ng magkakaroon pa ng bte maybe meron pang trolling I don't think they're going to kill BTE at all. 
Other things that happened at uh, Full Gear Samoa Joe is now a dual champion. He, I, I guess you can call him now like the champion of all television because he has both television championships, right? the TNT and the ROH TV titles. I didn't see this move happening at all. Did you, Rowan? Yeah, I actually wanted this because I want to treat Samoa Joe like a princess. Like, that's the easiest way I can say it. Like, I want to give him all. Like, Are so you simping for Samoa Joe? Oh, wait, wait, wait. All right. No, I just want to. Yeah, like, but that's the easiest way I can describe it. But so WWE kasi pangit yung treatment sa kanya. And now that he's in AEW slash Ring of Honor, I think he needs some exposure na rin. I mean, I mean, he's been exposed for the past few weeks. And I'm not a fan with Wardlow's TNT title run. So I'd love to see Samoa Joe's title run. Mm-hmm. Is this title run exciting for you, Ro? Yeah, uh, we now have two Samoans named Joe who have two championships. So yeah, Samoa Joe is you know one of my guys. So really happy that he gets his flowers. But and I think this is Tony Khan making up for the past few months of him not really getting to do much with Samoa Joe. I agree with Rowan in that he also kind of fumbled with Wardlow's title run. So Medjo Odatsyun. I don't know if he is going to get rehabilitated, but they kind of wasted that big momentum from earlier this year when he got to beat MJF and he got to win the TNT Championship. So a lot of wasted potential there. And I guess it's a reset for the two championships. I don't particularly like the fact that there were two championships in that match, although they were only competing for one championship. Well, uh Good things for Joe. Uh, it's going to make the blurred line between ROH and AEW a lot more blurred. But, you know, they are putting Joe over, so it all balances out. What about Will Hobbs, though? But this was supposed to be his story with Wardlow, and then Samoa Joe comes out of nowhere and undercuts him, essentially. Yeah. The moment Joe was put in that match, I kind of knew that Hobbs was there to take the pin. It doesn't make Wardlow look weak when somebody had to lose. It's okay. Somebody has to lose. That's something that Triple H doesn't seem to understand right now. But if somebody has to lose, and you can always come back and fix Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Zooming out, what are your thoughts on the entire Full Gear pay-per-view? I'm going to start with Rowan and ask, na, you know, the usual question. Napagod ka ba with 5 hours and 11 matches, maybe 12 if you count 0 hour? I think yung pang-apat. Darby Allen match, I'm sorry, this is offensive for some wrestlers, especially Ro. I'm sorry. But yeah, for some reason, even if I had coffee that day, But yeah, on the way to the main event. It is offensive, yes, but you know, can't blame you. I also felt the same. It's not on the wrestlers, it's on the booking, it's on the creative team for trying to stack the card with as many matches as possible. Somewhere down the line, Tony Khan still has to learn the fact or the lesson that you don't need to put everyone on a pay-per-view. It's just really tiring. It's best to watch this and pick and choose the matches you want to watch. So go to based on word of mouth or whoever you personally stand among these wrestlers. I wouldn't watch the whole thing because it's just really tough. It's a tough experience. 
when you're not in the arena itself. That somehow seems to be a lot better. But even then, that could be too much. No, even then, nakakapagod na. Kasi after the four-way ROH title match, parang napagod sila eh. Like, I didn't think people were that hot for Soraya versus Britt Baker. Yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. They were they were not hot for a lot of it afterwards. Bruce, no, Full Gear isn't the WrestleMania equivalent of AEW. It's just that... That's double or double nothing. Or, yeah, and it's just the fact that Tony Khan overloads his pay-per-views because there are only four of them. So he treats them as a big four thing. And that somehow gives him the license to book everyone. So that's really a bad habit that at least Triple H has learned to break or since the NXT days. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good user experience. And at this point, though, I don't know how you're going to make him learn that lesson outside of not buying tickets or buying the pay-per-view. Uh, well, people would get on podcasts like this and just talk about it. Uh, uh. You mentioned the moral crises earlier, Ro, and according to your Patreon review, there were like three moral crisis storylines across full gear. Was that too much? Yeah. You don't have to be a deep thinker or, you know, an, a pundit or an analyst to feel that three of these similar angles that they ran were too much for one night. That's what happens, though, when you book everyone, when you book all your stories, when you have a bloated roster that you're trying to write stories for as much as as many people as possible. That's why it's supposed to be a revolving door and not a buffet. We're at the point where we don't know if Tony Khan listens to criticism. So this could be all for naught. But, you know, a lot of people have noticed it. I'm not the only person who noticed the three Will he do the right thing? Will he do the wrong thing happening on the show? So uh, it's bad form. It's amateur stuff, I think. Yeah, uh, for those of you who are counting, uh, the first one was Sina Phoenix yeah. and oh. Death Triangle. The second one was Keith Lee and Swerve. And then the third one was right after that with MJF and William Regal. So there. Any other thoughts about Full Gear before we move on to Survivor Series? Oh, last na. Is it time to have AEW pay-per-views na yeah, two days? No, you know what? I, just I did actually think anyone. about that. Uh, I was thinking about that as a potential solution to the overbloated card. But Tony Khan has also gone on record to say that he didn't want to do two-day events. Although he totally should now if the philosophy is to book everyone and get everyone uh, a pay-per-view payday. Right? Yeah, Obviously, that's an extra cost to CE. But if he wanted to make that kind of money, and I think the fans would pay for a two-day event, I think he should just try it, you know? Yeah, it's not like it's something that WWE innovated. But it's New Japan with Wrestle Kingdom. Right. Okay, uh, let's move on to Survivor Series. And of course, what makes this year's edition unique is it's going to be called Survivor Series. We've got the two War Games matches happening later on. But we're going to start with our Ate Shotzi in the SmackDown Women's Championship match. And she's taking on Ronda Rousey. So just to reset again, Shotzi won her opportunity by winning the six-pack challenge on SmackDown. And that's how she became number one contender. And they've really established her as this plucky underdog, especially with Shayna Baszler waiting in the wings to just bully and choke Shotzi out whenever possible. So Rowan, I'll start with you. Does Shotzi have a shot here? I mean, kababalik lang ng belt kay Ronda, so I doubt it. Ronda's gonna win this mm-hmm. one. Igaro. Yeah, same. It's nice, but uh, the beauty of a deeper SmackDown women's division than before, than before Triple H took over, is that we 
could get, you know, filler matchups like this while we're in the middle of two war games matches on in the night. So yeah, our Ate gets some shine and Ronda gets a pay-per-view payday. So win-win for everyone. Hey, best believe we're going to be rooting hard for Shotzi on Filipino commentary this Sunday. Say what's up to Chino, who is enjoying the closed captioning that is actually on our Facebook page. So if you have that option, go check it out. Para like Chino. All right, next up, you've got hey, a Chino. match that is, what, five years in the making? Because last time uh, these two guys faced off was in 2017. It's AJ Styles versus Finn Balor in a battle of Bullet Club leaders. And they've got their respective teammates probably at ringside. So... I'm going to start with you, Ro, because Finn Balor has been on a roll here basically since he turned heel and joined Judgment Day. It took a while, but now it's clear that he's on the up and up. Yeah, at WrestleVotes has mentioned that Finn Balor is something of a Triple H reclamation project, which is, you know, which makes sense because he was one of the early signees of Black and Gold NXT under Triple H. So, yung early indie signees for that, big name veteran signees from the original uh, rookies that they were signing before. So, it makes sense that Triple H would want to rehabilitate one of his first pet projects. So, I'm all for this. I am way more high on the Judgment Day now than I was before. Because it's clear that they're just, you know, another Bullet Club clone. And I'm totally okay with that. So Finn needs this push, this rub. And he's got business, you know, with other guys, with Seth, with Roman. Let's do this. Uh, Finn Balor for the win. Ika Rowan, what do you think about this? Because AJ Styles hasn't really had a huge win uh, at a pay-per-view in a very long time. Yeah, past 10 pay-per-views, he's And for Judgment Day or... Finn Balor, uh, sila for the past few months, pero lately nananalo sila. So I think with them having wins lately, I think we should give AJ a win. All right, this split one. decision tie for Roe and Rowan. Even in the comment section, people are kind of torn between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Keep them coming. We love it when you join us uh, actively for these predictions, discussions on the podcast. Next up, We've got the triple threat match for the United States Championship. It's Seth freaking Rollins taking on Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. Ro, you were kind of sad that Mustafa Ali is not part of this, but we also saw on Raw, and at least they took the time to explain why Ali wouldn't make it to Survivor Series War Games. Yeah, they explained it because he got beat up and he keeps getting beat up. So that's the explanation, and that's pretty sad. Ali is my guy, one of my guys. So he was obviously in this scene but he was then used as cannon fodder because the crowds weren't really reacting to him much and that's pretty sad but that's what happens when you get put in the same league as Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley Medjo you are a smaller star standing next to these guys so I don't know it would have been a lot more fun if it was a four-way um it wasn't a harmless way to give Ali his reps in front of people who may like him. It would have certainly made the match a lot better. You know, it would have balanced out Lashley and Theory. But well, I'm okay with these guys. I think Seth is walking away with a win. It's very clear that they want Seth to be a face right now. Uh, he's getting the cheers. So uh, they're pointing him in that direction in a way that they couldn't do, that Tony Khan couldn't do for MJF. So at least, you know, they get to do this one right. Yeah, but when you think about it, the way Seth acts is still very, very yeah. cleanerish, and not clear-cut baby face. So when you look at this matchup, it's stand out. So Rowan, do you buy this face version of Seth? I mean, I still think he's a heel. 
mas convinced pa rin ako na heel siya. I know the crowd loves him, pero the way he does things, parang heelish pa rin. Now, when it comes to the prediction naman, I really want Seth to win this one. Pero I love the new theory that or Austin theory that we're seeing on our screens. Parang he got refreshed from his failed Money in the Bank cash in, and I want him to win this time. Uh, I just wanted to comment on Seth acting like a heel. That's what I was saying about MJF. You don't have to turn him into a goody two shoes. You just have to acknowledge the fact that he is on a side against the actual villains who are acting like villains. Right? And that could still get him the cheers that he's getting. It's just that this point, see, Austin Theory is like the he- the most heelish out of the three of them. And by positioning him as such, Seth looks clean by comparison. Yeah, and then you have Bobby Lashley, who's also been rampaging, right? from Brock Palang and then to Seth. And then later on to, you know, to Austin Theory so, and Mustafa Ali. So yeah, it does look that way. People in the comments mostly saying that uh, they're calling a Seth win here. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be uh, talking about the two War Games matches. We'll speculate about who you think TBA is on Bianca's side. And we're also going to talk about Michin. So all of that is, uh, uh, is, is coming up right after a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. 17 Based on yung mga reports coming out of this announcement at the historic crossover show, Rocky Romero had been in talks with AEW already for quite some time. And medyo naudlot lang ng konte napabagal when the suspensions in the wake of Brawl Out happened. So, are you excited for this role? I know you're not a huge Will Ospreay fan. I'm not a huge Will Ospreay fan, pero, you know, it's kind of hard to deny that he is pretty good. And, you know, in their past shows... The past cards that I've seen him on, he is consistently the most exciting guy in the ring. So it's kind of of a begrudging thing that you look forward to his matches. So if you are a fan of the kind of wrestling that both are either Kenny and Will bring to the ring, then this is right up your alley. This is a legit dream match. Um, People have been asking for this. Will Ospreay has been asking for this for years. And now they finally deliver. When Kenny left NJPW to found AEW. So this is big. This is a big crossover. And I hope that it means that more AEW wrestlers from the US get to fly over to Japan a little more. Hint, hint, Daniel Bryan. Or, or uh, Brian Daniels. Exactly, Damn. exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, it it also probably didn't help na nung kasagsaga ng tiny Kenny in New Japan, Will Osprey was in the juniors division. So I, I guess now that he's uh, graduated to the heavies, you know, uh, it it really made it easier for them to face one another. Rowan, are are you a fa- follower of New Japan at all? Do you even get to follow them pag like Wrestle Kingdom season? You know, I actually only watch New Japan kapag nandun yung Elite or like sila Kenny Omega and all. Well, basically, yung when they were in Bullet Club pa. Pero now that he's coming back to New Japan, I'll watch this, definitely. Alright, uh, speaking of the Japanese scene, let's head over to the women's side of things, where Kairi has become the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion. And there was a tournament to crown this first champion, and, and in the final, she took on one of her best friends, uh, one of her former teammates in 3DOM in Mayu Iwatani. And right after that, Lubabas na si Tam Nakano to challenge her for the IWG uh, GP Women's Championship. I believe it's at Wrestle Kingdom then, diba? Yes, uh, that's the next. I said this is legit. This is groundbreaking for NJPW because they really do have a women's championship. They really are using Stardom as their women's division. Stardom has their own championship, but this is the first championship that is recognized by the fictional IWGP body that fictionally oversees NJPW. So uh, it's big that Kyrie, a former uh, WWE talent, got to be the inaugural um, women's champion ng IWGP. She makes history as the first woman to main event both an WWE and an NJPW show. And, you know, that's also the first time a woman or two women main evented an NJPW show. That's really big because... Um, for those who don't know, major league promotions in Japan are segregated by gender. So, uh, NJPW, AJPW, DDT, NOAA, talaga. And this is like the first time they're crossing, they're allowing the crossover. So, that's really big history wise. And uh, I'm glad that she got to uh, get to have a continuation of her career. I thought, I honestly thought it was all over when she quit WWE and flew back to Japan. So yeah. Yeah, So we all thought, but uh she is living out her best life in Japan. And although I do want her back in WWE, this isn't bad. This isn't a bad spot at all for her. Yeah. Uh super happy that uh, the women are finally part of the new Japan shows because in the past they were always just valets from Maria Canellis to B Priestley to uh see Peter, yung valet ni Yujiro, diba? So um, it's it, it's great that they're finally on the card. Of course, um, uh, Stardom already broke the barriers several years ago when they had those exhibition matches. But now they're on the main card. Now there's an actual championship, and Kyrie's at the helm of this division. So, uh, really good stuff here all around. Ikaw, Rowan, do you miss seeing Kyrie in WWE? Yeah, sa totoo lang, I didn't know that she's still wrestling to this day. Kaya nagulat ako that she suddenly crowned the women's champion uh, this past week. And yeah, I'm really happy for her. Uh, she's she found success outside the WWE. Yeah, it's no surprise, Amanda. Nah, she would find the success outside of WWE because she is basically a legend in stardom, which is one of the uh, you know she was one of the foundational cornerstones of stardom, especially throughout uh, the early 2010s, right before she did get signed by WWE. So, congratulations once again to the Pirate Princess Kyrie, the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion. 
Now, let's talk about uh, WWE and somebody who made his return to Raw and main event, and that's the Stamina Monster version of Akira Tozawa. So last week, he shed yung ninja attire niya, finally, long overdue, if you ask uh, basically the entire wrestling community. And it's a step in the right direction when somebody showed a picture of Ricochet and Akira Tozawa on main event. Nah, he was already in the OG look with the bleached blonde hair. And then later on on Raw, nagpakita si Tozawa during the Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin match. So, uh, Rowan, does this change your perception of Tozawa? Ano ulit tawag yung, ano yung nickname niya ulit? Stamina Monster. Stamina Monster. I've been calling him lately the Cruiserweight Classic Tozawa that I know. But yeah, I, I'm glad that he's back from his old persona. And yun nga, nagsawa din ako sa ninja gimmick niya. And uh, I want to hear him chant the ha, ha, ha. I, w- yeah, I, want I miss that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty fun. Even though yung tao ginagago lang nila, I actually liked it. It, it did give his entrance a, lo- a little more uh, color compared to the other guys. Ro, I know you're a Tazawa guy, so you're really excited for this, aren't you? Yes. Remember, uh, 205 Live guy, Tazawa made his bones over there. People don't really know. I don't think a whole bunch of people really know or fully understand what they are seeing before them on Raw. Because, uh, you know, it's a feud against Baron Corbin and JBL. So, yep. obviously, Tazawa is going to lose that. But I hope that Triple H gives him the time, uh, the minutes to shine and go like he used to go. Tazawa is a real asset because he is the best Japanese wrestler to ever speak English. Yeah. So, he's really fluent in English. He is the most easily understandable Japanese wrestler on the roster. So, there is that upside for him. I hope that he catches on. Um, it's a tall order because, you know, the cruiserweights haven't really caught on that much outside of Pac. Pac is like the most popular guy who's ever bust out of the cruiserweight division, uh, the OG cruiserweight division. So I'm really excited for this. It's respecting who he is and not stereotyping him as a ninja. So that alone is a win for Tozawa and the fans and for us Asian fans. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, if you've heard uh, Michael Nakazawa speak English on AEW, parang ganung level si Tozawa, diba? So uh-huh. uh, they're, they're basically the equivalents of one another. So I agree 100%, total asset. Um, let me ask you this, Ro, from the OG cruiserweights, aside from Pac, who's now in AEW, obviously, sino pinakanaging successful within WWE? Is it Cedric? Uh, in a way, yeah, Cedric. Because he got, he got a championship. He was able to get a championship. At least one time uh, on in the heavyweight division, so I guess there's that. Ali Sana Elimination Chamber got to compete for the world championship, so there's that as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those two, I would say. All right, Buddy Matthews, but you know he's still in the mid card. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, you mentioned Buddy Matthews, so let's go to AEW and talk about his crew, the House of Black, which have made their return, and this is following. Some speculation from months ago that Malachi Black was reportedly on his way out of AEW. That's clearly not the case because the House of yep. Black is still complete. So earlier, Julia Hart appeared on stage. And then when the lights went off and came back on, all three guys were there ready to put a beat down on the best friends. So it's Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Rowan, does this act stand out to you in an AEW landscape full of heel factions? You know, I, I just want to mention, I thought it was going to be Dan House and who's going to come out. But I was surprised that it was House of Black. Now, 
Ang dami na ring uh, heel groups sa AEW. I think wala na rin yung BCC. I mean, wait, they're not a heel. What am I talking about? Anyways, the House not of yet. Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, House of Black, I'm surprised that they're back. I really wish they will get their ano, achievement by getting a trio's title this time. So you were surprised that they returned even after the weeks of vignettes that were showing up on, uh, on the well, programming. Well, ako yung mali because I haven't watched Dynamite last okay. week. Okay, all right. So I didn't know that. All right. There you have it. Uh, yun, um, as I said, they were teasing the return. I didn't know it was going to be now, but you know, now is as good a time as any because they were coming off of a pay-per-view. So yeah, uh, I'm glad to see that Malakai is all right. He's been, he had, you know, he had personal issues that he wanted to get through. Buddy Matthews as well. Brody King was holding it down. Um, Rowan is right in that I wish they would get a fairer shake. Although, you know, in, in, a, in a company where the boss is trying to write everyone's story, I just don't know how much they're going to stand out. You know, it's, it's a tall order. I tag titles lang, kahit di pala trios title. Yeah, sure. Uh, pwede rin. Um, you know, it could be fun with the acclaim, but there is no clear direction for them other than the fact that there is a trios division and they're going up against the best friends. Like, okay, maybe Malakai Black is going after the All-Atlantic Championship. Maybe there's that. But otherwise, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, surprisingly, no Danhausen during that best friends beatdown. Oh, no. Tama, tama. So we, we have no idea what's going on with him, uh, why he wasn't part of that beatdown. Kind of weird. So, yeah. All right. Uh, last thing that we want to talk about here in the audio-only part is Damien Priest apparently being in consideration to have been part of the Black Panther Wakanda Forever cast. So reports have come out in the last couple of days that he was being eyed to play either Namor or Atuma. So si Atuma yung henchman ni, ni Namor. In uh, Talokan. So, what do you think about this role as the resident Marvel super fan of the pod? I thought it would have been cool. Uh, Damien Priest is a pretty cool actor. Like, he isn't corny, you know, when he delivers lines, he, when he plays his character in the on, on Raw. Right? So, I think he could have carried the Namor swag just fine, but I'm not sure if he was an experienced enough actor to, actor, to correctly portray the gravitas of Namor's uh, anti-hero self. So I would have been okay, you know, just him being Atuma. Right? So that would have been fun. Uh, the, the role basically called for being a big menacing badass. So that would have been just fine. And it would have gotten uh, the wrestling world a lot more exposure. So, and that's always good. I mean, I, I always love it when one of our people, uh, when somebody from the wrestling community lands a huge role on a platform as huge as the MCU, but... I'm I'm more cynical on the side of scheduling. Because, of course, we know how grueling the WWE schedule is. And given that Damien Priest is, you know, a huge star within the WWE, I don't think he would have had the time but to film an MCU project, whether he was going to be just Atuma or Namor. I don't know. Um, you can easily write people off. Like, Diva Becky got to do the same thing. Uh, For Young Rock? I don't know if she filmed that before or after she got injured. No, I think that was before yeah. the injury because that was like mahaba pa book niya and then it was like shot earlier in uh, 2022. Ayun. So they could have found a way, I think. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, you can easily work around uh, the once a week schedule ng WWE TV. And if not, you can always write them off and come, have them come back later. That's not, that's not 
that's not a hard thing to do for these shows. I'm just waiting for a time when an active WWE wrestler actually makes it to the MCU. I mean, we have Batista, sure, but he's retired, right? So if one of these days, one of our guys and girls actually makes it into the MCU, I'll consider that another huge win for the wrestling community. Yep. And that's going to do it for the audio-only part of the podcast. Thank you so much for always catching your favorite, longest-running weekly Filipino episodic wrestling podcast. Let's get to some shout-outs over on Kumu. No new shout-outs, just people who are tuning in. So thank you for tuning in. Guys, uh, please keep smashing those hearts. We are almost at 3,000 likes. So the more you press the heart button, the more people on Kumu will know that you like the wrestling talk. All right. Let's talk about the highlight of this uh, premium live event. And those are the matches. So let's start with the women. Ladies first, it is Team Damage Control plus Nikki Cross plus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Michin, Mia Yim, and TBA. So let's start with TBA because we've discussed on the podcast previously that it could be Candice LeRae. And so, uh, a name that we forgot to bring up who makes total sense now is the name that's most prominent in the rumor mill and that is Becky Lynch who Damage Control took out right after SummerSlam. So Rowan, do you think it's Becky or do you think it's someone we haven't talked about at all? Oh, I actually think it's Beth Phoenix. Because she was attacked by Rhea Ripley from Extreme Rules. So maybe she could be the TBA. Mm-hmm. Igaro, who do you think TBA is? I really wanted it to be Candice, but uh, Becky makes sense. I just didn't think that she would recover as fast as she could. So it turns out she didn't need surgery. I guess that's great. But, you know, Sayang is Candice because they brought her in and now doesn't feel like she's a big part of the show or any part of the show, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think any other name could make sense here. I think it really has to be Becky. Uh, you know, given the history, given that um, Becky turned face and that she came to Bianca's aid at SummerSlam when Damage Control first made their presence felt. So let's say it's Becky. Who wins this, this War Games match? I'm going to start with Rowan. I'll go for Damage Control and Friends. I, I think they... They're in a hot streak. Must deserve nila yung win. I, I don't see... I mean, kahit matalo kasi si Bianca, like her being the champion, it's not like she's gonna lose her title. So I think it's gonna be fine kahit matalo sila. So Damage Control and Friends. Yeah, I'm not sure Damage Control is exactly on a hot streak since Io and Dakota did lose the titles for a few days and Bailey still hasn't won the Women's Championship. But to your point, Rowan, I think this could be a way to give Damage Control that uh, another huge win over Bianca Belair. So Ikaro, what do you think? I agree. I agree with that. Beck, uh, Bailey has been taking an ass beating for the past three title matches and that's not fair <laughs> it's just not fair and the war games match might be their way of making it up make chemistry as a team I mean you know they are three people in a faction and then there's uh, powerhouses in uh, Rhea Ripley and to some extent Nikki Cross yeah the question is let's say damage control and friends win no what do they get out of it? I don't know. I think that Bailey gets a, another title shot. That could be the end game because they are so keen on stretching this out to maybe December, whatever day one, if day one is going to happen. So I don't see anyone else from the face team like stepping up to Bianca. I, so it's either Bailey or Rhea. So my prediction is Rhea gets the pin and gets a title shot as well. And then Bailey gets some other title shot sometime down the road. 
to your point na, you know, whatever next premium live event there is on my calendar, ito na last for the year, right? So I don't even know what's going to happen between now and assuming the Royal Rumble is the first premium live event of 2023. Di ko alam. <laughs> so we'll see how they plan to make this story go forward if it does go forward pa after this match. Moving on to the men's side of things, ito, the main event um, in a lot of people's eyes is the bloodline taking on the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. I just love these graphics, by the way, for the War Games matches. A++ stuff here. Teka, balikan natin. Before we move on here, we gotta talk about Mia Yim. Let's go back to the previous slide, Babyface producer Mike. Because there was a bit of outrage on the internet when for about a day or two, yung WWE.com profile ni Mia Yim uh, took out the name Mia Yim and just had Meechin on it, which was the moniker that she was tagged with the previous week, which Mia herself introduced. So just to set the table here, Meechin is the Korean word for crazy. And Mia being half Korean, it does make sense, diba? And she even uh, posted about it. She even added yung cover art for the song Meechin or Crazy by 4-Minute, which according to my K-pop loving sister is actually an iconic song from the mid-2010s. For some reason, Meechin is polarizing on the internet. Ikaw, Rowan, did you feel uh, some type of way when Mia's profile just said Meechin instead of Meechin Mia Yim or Mia Yim? Ako, I'm fine with it. I figured it would be Mia Yim's idea in the first place na Going Meechin yung pangalan niya because maybe she has a future plan uh, she would leave WWE and she will still have the rights to use Mia Yim. Mm-hmm. So parang yung Gunther thing, diba? Like, Walter is his real name pero he's just fine with using Gunther para hindi karahan ng WWE yung Walter. Yeah, but from the way that it all played out on Raw, she never got called just Meechin. She was Mia Yim pa rin, or Meechin Mia Yim. Even the graphic had Meechin Mia Yim written on it. What, what did you think, Ro? Right. So I have a lot of feelings about this because, as usual, the internet likes to take up arms whenever uh, somebody changes their name. So, okay, to anyone watching or listening to this right now, if you were outraged at Michin just being Mia Yim's name on WWE.com, I can tell that you are not watching Raw. You are not watching the television show and you are going by whatever is happening on the internet. Because as you mentioned, as Janelle here mentioned here in the chat, Michin was a moniker that they added to Mia Yim. And that was how it was explained last week on Raw when Carl Anderson started using the word. So before you cry out, Make sure you watch the show first, because if you don't watch the show, I am not, you know, taking your opinion. I'm not respecting your opinion on this. That's it. That's my feeling. Yeah, yung pinaka ano talaga, yung pinaka credible na basihan talaga is the shows, right? Like whatever commentary mentions or however the talent refer to themselves. Yun na yun, diba? And it could change between now and Survivor Series War Games. But as far as we're concerned, right here, right now, she's Mia Yim. Chaka, she's Meechin Mia Yim. Chaka, I don't even understand. Even if uh, it was her new name, I don't even understand where the outrage is coming from. Because I enjoyed the fact, I appreciated the fact that, you know, it touched on Mia's Korean heritage. Like, she was paying respect to her ethnicity. And what's yeah. the problem with that? Just because uh, you have to get used to this new name because you like Mia Yim, the name? Like, I don't understand uh, wrestling fans' resistance to new names. Because this has been happening since time immemorial in the wrestling industry. I don't understand why people can't just get over themselves and accept the fact that, you know, someone 
is getting a new name, whether they wanted to get a new name or not, whether they were forced to get a new name or not. It just happens. So let's, can we just get over it? I don't, come on. I think it's pretty cool that there's actually some Korean representation again in wrestling. But like Mia Yim and Gail Kim are the only, and I guess Jimmy Wang Yang. They're only Korean wrestlers na sumikat, who made it to WWE. There could be more that I'm missing out on, but they're the only three that really come to mind right now. So there. So yeah, let's move back to the, the men's war games match. So it's the Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. And this is a great collection of baby faces who all have some beef with Roman Reigns. So having said all that, having seen everything they've gone through with the Bloodline, partic- even with Kevin Owens na almost two years na alita nila, Rowan, who do you think is taking this one? It should be Brawling Brutes and Friends because... I think this could be a way for Sheamus to get a title shot for the UU title. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rolling Brutes. Igaro, do you think the Bloodline's dominance continues into war games? Going by the philosophy of the women's war games in where we predicted damage control was going to win. Champion, this is a way for the underdogs in the matchup to win without the dominant team losing that much. So I'm going to agree with the Brawling Brutes to win here, although it is highly likely that the Bloodline could come away with a win as well. But I think they're going to be using it to further the tensions between Sammy and the rest of the Uses. Yeah, I wish that it was a new day instead of the Brawling Brutes. I mean, instead of Ridge and Butch. But uh, I guess it makes sense. But in. I just wish I, I just thought that the New Day had way more history with the Bloodline, especially considering what happened, you know, uh, a couple of SmackDowns ago. So you know the mind, but um, I do like this. It makes sense. It is a matchup that makes sense. The Brawling Brutes makes sense. Drew makes sense. Kevin Owens makes sense. They all made it make sense, and that's what I appreciate about this. I want to take some time to shout out the honorary Ooze, whose uh, face in this graphic is just perfect. Parang, I mean, parang, like everyone seems to be excited to go into war games and he's like forcibly being dragged into this thing like an, a movie poster. Right? So really good work even in the promotional photo shoots by the honorary Ooze. So there, those are our predictions for Survivor Series war games. So far, five matches pa lang announced and we don't know if another match will be added this weekend on SmackDown. Medyo um, it's happened before. Now, one day before the premium live event, may dadagdag sa card. But um, if I were a betting man, I think this is it. I think we're getting five matches, and that's the premium live event. What do you think, guys? Uh, yeah, because yeah, the war games. That's right. That's right. Both war yeah, games. Yeah, like over an hour now, but with uh, those two matches combined, and we know that Triple H doesn't like to stretch beyond three hours. If ever he does, sobrang madalang in uh, since he took over creative. So we'll see what happens. Uh, to, to Glendale's comment, he was expecting the World Cup finals to happen at the pay-per-view. No, because they're explicitly marketing the World Cup as the SmackDown World Cup on Fox. Mm-hmm. So that is obviously a thing that Fox, the network, wanted WWE to do on SmackDown. So the finals are going to be on yeah. TV. So yeah, again, we could be wrong. Something could happen between now and the premium live event. So wait and see na lang tayo. Again, it's happening Sunday 9 a.m. on the WWE Network if you really want to catch it live. And I'm hoping that they're able to work out the situation on Disney+. Plus. All right, let's talk about NXT now. And we've got two main highlights to talk about there. The first is Dijak's return, which has been built up for weeks. Uh, there were a lot of vignettes that have been airing. And it's nice that he, he gets to be called Dijak again. 
And our friend Lance here in the comments did point out on our Discord that the reason why uh, they dropped Dominic from Dominic Dijakovic is, you know, because there's another Dominic. Na same spelling pa and Dominic Mysterio. So that will get confusing. And I actually have no problems with him being called Dijak again and him kind of look like American Masahiro Chono. What did you think, Ro? Yeah, they did need another veteran presence on NXT. So this is great. Dijak is great. Definitely underrated as a big guy. Love the gimmick makeover. He deserves the makeover after all. It's not fair that Masse got to get rid of his uh, retribution colors first before Dijak. So I'm all in with this. I hope that, you know, he is in the consideration to win the NSC championship from Braun Breaker. I'm just really happy for him that he gets a rehabilitation. Yeah, I mean, his first opponent is Wesley. So Rowan, do you think he's going to take the North American championship from Wesley the first chance he gets? I mean, he suits the North American title. I think he became a number one contender before, but he, he failed to capture it. But all I can say is I'm happy that Dijak is back. I mean, I, I'm glad that someone who is not used that much on the main roster will go back to NXT. And we're going to talk about someone like that, Maya Maya. But yeah, I'm happy that he's back on yeah, TV. Uh, so yeah, since you already mentioned it, let's talk about the former Reggie who's been reintroduced as scripts. Um, I, I totally forgot, uh, with apologies to Reggie, I totally forgot about him. So nagulat ako na, oh, okay, so he's scripts. And it's kind of surprising that it's him. I was pretty surprised then na, di ba sobrang edgelord nung, ano, nung vignettes that were released for scripts. And then to see this guy doing all these acrobatic moves, may konting offense na move set niya. I don't know, parang hindi siya cohesive for me, like when the debut happened. So Rowan, I know that you appreciate Reggie being brought back onto TV as scripts. But what, what did you think about the entire story that they told in the lead up to scripts as they I mean, <laughs> it was unexpected uh, it's going to be Reggie. I really did miss him on TV, though. I remember saying that this uh, WWP year-end awards now. He's like the rookie of the year. But what he is doing for the entire 2022 doesn't really define that. So for me, I think this is still better than the Somalier turned into wrestler gimmick. But let's wait and see if this will work. Mm -hmm. uh, Ro, I saw on Twitter that some people were comparing this to Brodus Clay's debut as the Funkasaurus. They had these really horror type of vignettes and then he comes out as a Funkasaurus. Uh, I don't remember that. Uh, I don't remember the vignettes. I do remember the Funkasaurus. Basically, parang tirmahan. Ah, okay. Yeah, this is really weird. I don't know what to make of it. I don't even know what the scripts thing, the scripts vignettes were about other than it was really bad poetry. So I can't figure out what to feel about this whole presentation. I just appreciate the fact that Reggie isn't just doing flips to dodge and evade maneuvers anymore. So he's actually hitting kicks. He's actually hitting offense. So I like that. I don't know why, what scripts is still. I don't know if this is like a throwback to Cirque du Soleil. Uh, you know, Cirque du Soleil has so many gimmicks about further shows. So maybe it's kind of hearkening back to that. But Reggie was kind of stuck in a weird hell before, especially after Vince left and Triple H got rid of the 24-7 championship. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Good luck, Reggie, wherever your new journey as scripts may take you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought scripts was Dijak. 
Kasi halos sabay yung vignettes, eh, di ba? No, I knew, I knew they were different. Kasi, uh, scripts was trying to be mysterious, whereas yung Dijak vignettes were pretty obvious it was Dijak. So, I knew there were two different things. Oh, I do agree that it was, like, um, not good planning to have them run at the same time, di ba? So, that was pretty, not very oozy of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna echo what Rose said just a few moments earlier. Now, good luck to Reggie, a.k.a. scripts, and, you know, let's see where this takes him. Got more stuff we need to talk about on the audio-only version of this podcast, so go check it out on Spotify or your favorite podcatcher when it drops. We'll talk about Omega Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom 17, Kyrie being the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion, Stamina Monster Akira Tozawa being back, as, as well as the House of Black making their return, and Damien Priest revealing that he was apparently in talks to have been part of the cast of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So all of that will be part of the audio-only version of this podcast when it goes up by tomorrow. But now, as always, we gotta wind it down with our picks of the week. You guys know what to do. Tigi-tigi salang po tayo sa comments. We're gonna start with you, Rowan. What's your pick of the week? All right, my pick of the week is Jake DeLeon versus Robin Sane for the MWF Championship from MWF Action Abella TV Season 2, Episode 14. So I don't want to spoil that much, but all I can say is Robin Sane did something we never expected from him. Like, sobrang desperate niya na rin, and it's really contradicting from the old Robin Sane that we knew. I think they spoiled The match was incredible. I think they spoiled that on their social media, so you can just go check out the social media. Yeah, it's, I saw it on social media, so you can just go check out the MWF Instagram to see that, to see what uh, these, right. this despicable thing Robin Sane did. All right, that's my bad kung hindi ko nakita yun. But the match was incredible nonetheless, and I love that we have a title match in Action Novella TV because we never had one for season two. All right. I'm going to go next with my pick of the week, and that's Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley on NXT. Really fun TV match for the North American Championship, and I hope that Melo finally moves on from being in the North American Championship picture, especially now that Dijak's in the picture. All right, my pick of the week is from Full Gear, the four-way for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Jericho, Danielson, Castagnoli, Guevara. Pretty fun. Went hard, and they delivered. Chris Jericho really has a good, strong schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, the crowd, because it was just that, that damn hot. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to your picks. Leo picks Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. Julian comes out to the Elite, coming out to carry on Wayward Son. Emil picks Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. Janelle picks Asuka versus Rhea Ripley from Raw, yung advantage match. Admin Angela picks Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama from Zero Hour. RJ picks Saraya versus Britt Baker. Glendale picks the entire NJPWX stardom historical crossover because he says it's that good. John Christopher also picks the four-way match for the ROH Championship. Si Ina pinikdin niya yung buong historic crossover show. I honestly haven't seen it. Uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of those highlights, though, in the audio-only version. So if you want to catch uh, catch that, wait for it to drop tomorrow. Sakumu Baro, remember tayong ano, picks of the week? Well, uh, but I just wanted to say hey to Jay Villalon, who is late tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. We're almost done. Yeah, but but that's fine. Again, the audio only comes out tomorrow, so you can catch yeah. everything by then. As we begin to wind down here, uh, is there anything you guys want the listeners to check out? Let's start with Rowan. Yeah, please listen to our audio only episode. Uh, this week, we celebrated the ten years of the Shield, and subscribe to our Patreon so that you can read mine and Rose wrestling reviews. All right. 
Bruce saying to Rowan, happy anniversary on the podcast. Ngayon ba? Is it, is it this hey, week? Yeah. Yeah, I made my podcast debut. Kaya pala available ka ngayon. Baka nag-cut ka. Hindi naman. <laughs> Yo, bad boy. How, how right. timely and fortuitous. Happy anniversary, Rowan. ASH on the podcast. All right, Ro, what do you want to plug this week? I just wanted to plug uh, Action Novella MWF on Gank. It is uh, manilarestling.com if you want to support local wrestling. It is $10 to subscribe to the MWF Gank page. You get access to previous and the upcoming Action of other TV episodes like what Rowan just mentioned. So a bunch of good stuff there. So please support local wrestling if you can. Alam ko mahirap na ang panahon ngayon. Mahal na ang sibuyas, pang exchange gift na siya. So I understand if you can't, but if you can, just please consider it. Because we all want local wrestling to thrive in Manila at the very least. Also, not your point. Sorry, what? Sorry, I would also want them to check out Chill with Kuya Will oh, yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Also, really good. Yeah, dun na ko lang pala si Joe Marley. Oh wow. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he's that young. That's right, that's right. Also, Noche Buena is coming up on December 11. That is a couple of weeks, weekends away. Um, if you also uh, buy Noche Buena tickets, uh, wait, tapos the promo. Never mind. Just buy Noche Buena tickets. They are still at early bird prices until next week, I believe. So go check that out at TicketToMe.net. Just go there and search Noche Buena. It's the first thing that pops up. Really affordable stuff as well if you want the live experience. If you missed the live experience or you haven't tried out the live wrestling experience yet, this is also a good time as any. It's the last live local wrestling show of the year. Speaking of trying things out, announce natin by next week we'll be giving away two ringside tickets Yo. to MWF Noche Buena. That's courtesy of one of our OG patrons, Abuson. So that's a giveaway for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to start with the first pair of ringside tickets for MWF Noche Buena. Find out how you can score that from the show next week. Uh, but for now, we're giving away the Drew McIntyre Funko Pop. Again, details on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. So make sure to follow us at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter and on TikTok. For my personal plug, um, please, if you can, go check out Tagalog Commentary for Survivor Series War Games. Again, it's Sunday, 9 a.m. on the WWE Network and or Disney. Disney Plus. Please also follow us on social media individually. It is at Monday Night Rowan, at China Supersized, at Row is War, and at underscore Stancy. Huge thanks to our friends from PA for all of the work that they do behind the scenes. Thank you as well to every subscriber, patron, listener, follower, viewer, everybody who supports and continues to really cape for the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. We'll catch you again next week for another audio only episode and our review of Survivor Series War Games. Till then, keep your masks on if you know if you want, if you're comfortable, and uh, get your vaccines and boosters if and when you can. For Ro Moran and Romain, ASA. My name is Stan C. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>